0: Welcome everybody back into Down the Line. As always, I'm your host, Carson Breber, and today we are joined by Mackie McDonald. He's one of just two men in this century to win both the NCAA singles and doubles titles in the same year, which he did back in 2016. Been ranked as high as number 57 in the world on the ATP Tour. Mackie, it's great to have you on today. How are you doing? Thanks, Carson.
1: Thanks for having me, man.
0: Yeah, no, it's... It's great to have you on and you know we were talking a bit about this before we started recording but this is particularly exciting for me because we're both from the same small town of Piedmont California right by Oakland in the Bay Area same town as Brad Gilbert actually actually so there's a bit of uh, tennis lore there but I've been aware of you for a very long time I think when I was 7 or 8 I bet my dad a quarter that you would be top 50 in the world someday and that was big money back then. And I could really, I could taste it last year, and then, of course, the injury and everything. But there's big news today. Uh, the U.S. Open will be taking place with no fans. And obviously, this has been a strange stretch where, since March, the tour has been canceled. So how have you been keeping sharp, and do you have any thoughts on the fact that we are going to be have, having tennis again at some point?
1: Yeah. Well, first off, I hope I win you that quarter.
0: I hope but, so, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: But no, obviously, I mean, for me... Um, I'm actually really, really happy and excited to hear that the U.S. Open's going to go on. Honestly, like, there's been a lot of opinions throughout the players and, and the whole tennis world about what's going on. But um, in my situation and scenario, I I mean, I'm just so happy tennis is coming back. Um, and for me, I've actually been putting out um, as much time as I can mm-hmm. uh, in the sport with what I have. Um, I'm actually not in Piedmont no longer right now, but I'm actually in uh, Lake Nona, Florida, where the national campus is for USCA, Mm -hmm. and that actually just opened up two days ago, but other than that, I've been trying to get out on the courts when I can, here, safely, um, doing garage gym workouts, and uh, just trying to stay as fit as possible.
0: So, I imagine for you, it was probably a bit frustrating additionally, because coming off of the torn hamstring, which kept you out from after the French to the start of this year... You seemed like you were just starting to get back into the flow of the tournament life. So, what was it like having that sort of cut off, and now having to uh, having to take that time off and not really get that rhythm yet?
1: Yeah, no, you're spot on there. I mean, that was a pretty severe injury. I mean, it was a little bit over a year ago now. So, um, you know, I was really, I was honestly really excited to get back when I did Mm. uh, early starting the year. Um, I actually didn't come back early from the injury but earlier than what was supposed to be expected um um, but i mean my my leg was doing so well and i was doing such a good job and the healing process was basically done so i was able to come in january thankfully and and get a couple months and get some money going again before the tour was canceled um you know if if things didn't actually go well with my rehab and whatnot i probably wouldn't have played Mm -hmm. um up until this time too so you know, for me, I feel like all this time, too, is actually giving me more time to learn about my body a little bit more and, and, and like, dealing with the injury and mm-hmm. um, and kind of just get more time that I lost out from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have zero problems with the hamstring um, anymore, which is great. Um, but it is, you know, I mean, at the level we're playing at now, the physicality, it's kind of just building up those reps and, and getting back. So I got some match play back, but I'm definitely – going to be coming back strong once the tour picks up.
0: I saw that you posted a picture with Hercos the other day. Have you been trying to find other pros that you can hit with as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's honestly been the only option. I actually have been hitting with my, well, at the start I was hitting with my girlfriend actually quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And then um, um, there's a couple pros that are living here in Lake Nona. So I've been able to get on the court with them, some college guys as well. Um, you know you had to be a little bit creative too. I actually went to Saverbrook and played this little money exhibition for a week and tried that out. Um, and then I actually went back to Soderbrook last week. Like you said, I trained with uh, her cats for a week and that mm-hmm. was that was awesome just to you know be around that top level pro ball again. so um, definitely gonna try to do some more of those things. I think with things opening up now like at USTA, I'll get better hits. I got my coach back out there so it's getting more professional. I'd a
0: well, obviously, it's exciting to have those opportunities, and it's exciting to hear that the tour is coming back. But as you mentioned, there have been some mixed opinions, as you would expect with anything like this. So, do you have any concerns about returning to action whenever the ATP does give the okay? Um, at the moment,
1: I honestly haven't thought too deeply about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just feel like we have so much time, and everyone else can have their opinions, and, and you know, I. Honestly, like, there's not much I can say or do. Yeah. Uh, to be to be real, um, I think if I had to really think about it, I mean, I am not so much concerned with COVID, but what what COVID is causing, and, and that is like you know the quarantine style that they're trying to have at the Open with
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know all the players, and and I guess one worry for me would be you know everyone is coming from all over the world and they are bringing one extra person, you know, that does bring the numbers down, but, you know, I mean, if one person brings it in to the hotel, and, and we all are together, I mean, it's going to be kind of like those cruise ships or something like right. that, where it's just, like, it's just going to explode, and the whole, the whole tour is going to be like that. So it's, um, I think USCA
0: and US Open are going to do a great job managing this because they can't take that risk. Right. Um, so it's going to be about...
1: Um, you know, just checking everyone as, as they come in and, and really making sure, you know, everyone's healthy, which I, which I believe everyone is, so we'll
0: see. Yeah, and I know that they announced that they were taking additional precautions along with the no fans, and uh, you put it well. They really, they can't take a risk that they're not comfortable with because it's just, you know, that would be a pretty tough scenario. So... Let's talk about your career up to this point. And I think that one of the interesting things, one of the things that you are probably more famous for widely is the fact that you were such a great junior. You won the Easter Bowl. You made the Junior Aussie Open semis when you were just 16. And then you chose to play college tennis, which is you know, traditionally not been the path for top juniors. And you look at all the guys who are a couple years younger than you, the Tommy Pauls, Riley Opelka, Tiafoe, Fritz, all those guys – bypassed college and went straight to the pros so I know that you've probably talked over and over again about why that decision why that was the decision that you made but what did you end up feeling you got most out of that experience was it the mental emotional development was it actual playing experience that has helped you to this point on tour
1: um yeah I mean honestly I really hold my college success and and career Mm -hmm. super high I mean, for myself, you know, I got in my room. I got my NCAA trophies right here, too. Um, I'm just uh, really proud of, you know, being a Bruin and and going there. For me, that decision was kind of came down to the last, you know, a couple months um, with my run at Cincinnati when I was young. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I did show good results in the juniors being the 12 in the world. So, like, you know, statistically, you know, the odds were, you know, there for me to kind of. Uh, make a jump in the pros, but it does take time as well. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think one smart thing about, you know, that decision was I kept the, the door open, you know, to college and pro, mm-hmm. you know, up until that last bit, you know. I, I see a lot of people, you know, stubborn and committing to doing one or the other or mainly just going pro early, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that does ruin things, in my opinion sometimes, Not bad, but not for everyone, but, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, guys like Francis, um, or Fritz, Tommy, and Riley. You know, um, you know, number one, in the world in the juniors, or winning slams uh, in the juniors. You know, being really right there, where you know you're signing big contracts right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that success really does does show and make it a you know a concrete decision to go pro. But for me, you know, twelve. You know, I did love my school, or or just, or just being academic. Um, mm-hmm. And I felt like I could get stronger, I could get bigger. You know, there's so much you can gain from school, and and, and I looked at that, and um, you know, there's life after
0: tennis too, and you know, i right. picking away at my UCLA class as well as a pro. So, um, super happy with the decision. But I think it just it just
1: helped me grow, honestly. And yeah. Deal with experiences, deal with people. You know, it, it brought more more life, personality, and. Uh, and experiences to me than, uh, you know, you see on typically on tour for guys.
0: Well, it's interesting that you brought up Tommy, Paul, and those others because I had a conversation with Tommy Paul back when you guys were playing Acapulco, and he said that, you know, he was initially committed to Georgia, and then he won the Junior French Open, and that kind of made the decision for him. And he said that with retrospect, he wished that he had gone to college. And if you look at his career arc and sort of just how it's going these days, guys aren't really breaking through at 8. I mean, you have your Zverev, you have your Shapovalov, these guys who still break through at 18, but he's really starting to come into his own at 22-23, but it's that traditional pressure of that sort of how it's done. So do you think that it'll ever be on the table where a guy can be a Junior Slam champ, but the trend just says that maybe it's still worth going to college and that pressure just to go pro automatically will fade? I think if you're a Junior
1: Slam champ, junior champion mm-hmm. like a slam champion I don't think I don't think you can really turn down going pro yeah. in my opinion yeah. I think that there's gonna be so many cards on the table to go pro so many opportunities and and, and you're gonna be hungry for it too and, and, mm-hmm. and know how to win I mean guys like that are gonna go pro I mean yeah, I mean Tommy Paul's a good example I've talked to him about it before I think it's
0: it's obviously not a kiss of death for him because I mean he, he's a talented yeah. awesome player so yeah. he's always gonna be successful but you know there is i think now with
1: tennis there's more of a leeway time of like you know developing on tour mm-hmm. unless you are you know um felix auger Alisa yeah or chapavlov or, or some of these guys mm-hmm. or Sissipas, um, it takes time to you know uh, get acclimated to the pro the pro tour the level that it's at now and also i think the sport's just a little bit different now in terms of I honestly mean, I, I feel like guys back then were a little bit tougher and rougher on the edges. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, I mean, there were a lot more 3 out of 5 set matches that were going on, you know, finals of, of big tournaments, not just grand slams, and um, I think it's going to be tough to find really young guys to break through um, and show really good results. I mean, the age now for top guys, I mean, even guys in the top 100, you know, it's, it's closer to 30.
0: So. Right. So... Let's move on to sort of the pro life now. And again, bringing up Tommy Paul, when I had that conversation with him at Acapulco, you guys were out at some sort of party. And I know that he was, he told me that he was with you. And then the next day, you guys played. You had a, a it was a pretty intense three setter. It really could have gone both ways. Obviously. There's just that sort of whole group of you guys that seem to be friends off the court. But what's it like having that community of the young Americans who then are also some of your biggest competition? And especially, you know, if you're playing a lot of challengers, you see the same guys over and over again. So how do you sort of strike that balance?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you know, I got my guys on tour, my boys. But Mm -hmm. um, it's always fun hanging out with them. I I feel like my crew is just kind of some of the American guys. I'd say the tour was friendly, cordial um, but I mean people are mainly sticking with their countrymen mm-hmm. and having dinner and hanging out with them but uh, I mean yeah at the challenger level it's it's um, you've got to find a way to separate yourself in my opinion on the challenger level mm-hmm. and try to um, you know
0: just break away to get to that HP level
1: mm-hmm. a little bit because um, that's not where you want to be it's easy to get comfortable even at the future level or challenger level with, with some of the guys the camaraderie yeah. might actually be better um, but it's just that that's not where where you want to be. Not where the money is, the points, the rankings. Right. So you gotta you gotta know what you're fighting for. But um, yeah, I mean, at the top level, I mean, I haven't played Tommy actually before that match. I practiced him a, a billion times. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, um, but I mean, we're
0: we're good friends. We've been friends since. I mean, I've known the guys since he was like eight years old. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just uh, it's. I mean, we treated the match, you know, very professionally. But yeah, right. I mean, we're hanging out after a little bit. And, right. Um, that one did slip away from me. I wish I wish I pulled that one out. I think I might have been serving for it, but uh, yeah, no, it's a tough one. I think you might have been serving for it. I don't. I don't remember exactly. Do you find yeah. it particularly difficult to play any of those guys because of the closeness, or is it just something that you that you are able to compartmentalize that easily, and it's just they're friends off the court, but it's exactly the same on the court. Um I mean We're all good friends I mean I, I, I talk to them Like each week Yeah basically, Even through COVID And stuff But I mean like Once we're both Once we're both on the court We want to kill each other We yeah. want to win that match yeah. I mean
1: There's I mean there's We're all so competitive We're all You know Fight for You know What we want So uh, We're going to do Whatever it takes Kind of on the court In a way I mean we're not going to be Super rude to each other In any way But uh but we're definitely trying everything we can to
0: win. Right. So just looking through your career timeline again, I would say that probably the, uh, the most notable point of your pro career uh, to this point was when you made the fourth round of Wimbledon a couple years ago. That's your best career result at a slam thus far. Uh, did you ever think that that would be the case, that it would come at Wimbledon, obviously not having grown up on grass courts like that? And what was that experience like for you having that run?
1: that was awesome you know when I write down my goals um, you know each year even from the beginning you know one of my bigger ones was you know make the second week of a slam and Mm -hmm. making that maybe my second year third year on tour early third year on tour was pretty awesome for me Um, I've always been a pretty quick fast player coming in the net and
0: I knew I mean I've always known grass was going to be my surface you know Mm.
1: If I had to pick a slam for me to win, I feel like, uh, Wimbledon or Australia
0: would be the one where it's a little bit faster mm-hmm. or where I'm just going to have my better runs. But, um, honestly, the stars aligned
1: a little bit. The draw was pretty good. I was playing some really good tennis. I came off a good training block. Um, and yeah, I mean, I had some really good lead up tournaments as well. And I was just super locked in. And, uh, honestly, it was probably the best, best couple weeks of my life, um, I enjoyed every part about being at Wimbledon, you know, as a qualifier, which I played the year before, you know, you're playing off-site, but there, Mm -hmm. you got the main draw access, you got the cars to the main site, you got the locker rooms, the dining is Mm -hmm. excellent, Um, and then even just making that second week, um, you know, you still go to the site on that Sunday where there's no matches, and... That was actually really cool to be there on that uh, that Sunday, where you're just walking the grounds, going in the second week, and and you know there's only 16 guys left, and like and it's just empty, and you're just kind of soaking it in. So a lot of memories I'll never forget.
0: Do you think that that Wimbledon really feels that different from the other Slams? Obviously, there's that special feeling because you had your best result there. But talking about that experience, just walking around the grounds, did it feel really different to you?
1: Yeah, actually, they all have something that makes each of of them special. Mm -hmm. And I think Wimbledon, I mean, just the grass, just the colors, I mean, everything is just pristine there. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just tradition. You can really just feel it. There's a lot of history there. And that's what makes Wimbledon Wimbledon.
0: Yeah. So, obviously, that was a great run of yours. But you played round. It's really tough in that. And that was a tough four-setter, I believe. Uh, when you ended up getting knocked out in the fourth round. And you've traditionally played pretty well against some of the top guys. I think that probably the biggest win of your career against an individual player was when you beat Del Potro back in Del Rey of last year when he was ranked number four. But you very nearly beat Dimitrov at the Australian when he was three in the world. You've played Silich tight before. You played Andy Murray really tight. Obviously, you see a bit of a pattern there. Do you feel like your level of play elevates against those top guys?
1: I think I've always been able to kind of come up when I need to and show up when I need to. Um, I think that's one thing that's that's uh, been good about my game, mm-hmm. um, and I think college kind of exploited that too, you know, with the deuce points, with, the, I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of pressure on winning against the that last year for me too, and I was able to come out with both those titles. So um, I think that's one thing that's made my game good, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy the big stages. I, I love competing. So, I mean, it gives me a lot of you know confidence that I can compete with some of the best players in the world, and I mean, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to just keep improving, so hopefully I can really be at the top, too.
0: Now that you've been around on tour for a few years, you've had a chance to play a lot of those top guys. Not necessarily the big three, although obviously you've hit with Federer I don't know how many times I know that he enjoys hitting with you is there anyone that you really have enjoyed facing off against anyone that you feel you play your best against or anyone on the flip side, who's really been a difficult matchup?
1: Um, I feel like, I mean, each, each match is so different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of those big server guys, I've actually done really well against some of the big, like guys that are big servers going for big, big shots. Where mm-hmm. I, Cause I, I feel like I actually do defend pretty well against those guys. Cause I feel like the shot tolerance just isn't as high. Mm hmm. And I've I have a really good return, and if I can serve well and hold, um, then then that's good. I mean, even against Milos, you know, I lost him on that like, grass where he's where it's a lot faster, and, and right. I I don't I don't know if he, I even saw a break point in four sets. Right. But then I got him at at uh, Shanghai, and so like, you know, him, Delpo, I mean, Nico, Jerry, or some just some of these tall, taller guys, I've actually done pretty well against some of the grinders, you know. I mean, Clay's not particularly my favorite service, but I'm definitely getting a lot better with it. My shot tolerance is increasing. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, like I said earlier, I, I just think the faster services, the, uh, the quicker courts and everything, which I feel the sport's going towards that as well. Right.
0: Right, I was So when I'm thinking about that question, part of the reason I ask is I feel like you do have that ability to play different styles. When you were at Indian Wells last year, I saw you play Medvedev and it was interesting because you were really attacking and asserting yourself in the first set. And then it's kind of like his, his change of pace ability in the second, it, you know, he's just a weird guy to play against. I can only imagine. And it fell off. The quality fell off a little bit. Are you more comfortable when you are dictating or are you just as fine playing defense? Um, I'd say I'd like to be the, the dictator in mm-hmm. more control when I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I it was tough that day. The guy, he's uh he'll, he'll grind you down and yeah. he'll uh, take some of those short balls too and he'll still he'll still be aggressive. So he's uh he's a tough guy to play. But um mm-hmm. uh,
1: yeah, I definitely think just being more in control is is more me, but I'm definitely trying to work on that other side too.
0: Yeah. So looking at your experience throughout the Slams, you've had some pretty good results I think I would say, but also You've had some tough luck thus far in fifth sets. You're one in five thus far when matches go five, including this year at the Australian against Dan Evans. You were really dictating for the first couple sets, and then he ended up getting you at the end. Do you think that there's a reason that you've struggled a little bit in those fifth sets, or do you think that it's something that'll just even out over time and it's just kind of a fluke? It's
1: a good question. Um, you know, I've, I've faced some tough matches in those five setters, um, some of them actually you know even my early ones you know at the open i mean a couple of them or multiple i was up two sets to love Mm -hmm. um i think a little bit's mental a little bit's just uh a little bit physical too i think just with experience that's going to get better you know the more 5 set matches i play Mm -hmm. um i think i'm just going to keep getting stronger and better so hopefully, hopefully hopefully those will just help me um learn more about how to come through those matches um I don't think it's anything that's gonna inhibit me to you know really reach my potential in the future but just maybe something that's gonna help me learn more about myself and, and grow from it
0: All right so now that we know that we are going to be getting back to tennis we don't know exactly when but at least by august 31st i would assume before then hopefully at least what goals do you have for the rest of this year
1: um you know i probably need to write down some of those goals now that I know it's going to pick up. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I definitely want to, I would say I really want to, you know, get a good ranking back again. I mean, I only have a couple tournaments on my ranking, and they're mainly from early uh, 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, And with COVID, they're actually not going to drop pretty soon. But, I mean, for me, I just want to get back to that ACV level. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. where that's where it's at, that's where I belong, that's where I want to be. So that's, that's part of the result-based goal. But, I mean, in in a more I mean, professional way,
0: I'd say, it's, it's just I, I need to – I want to really serve well. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to, I've been working
1: hard on my serve. If I can improve my serving stats and actually my returning stats as well with the first serve winning percentages, um, I think those two things with any part of my – ground stroke game and my aggression coming forward i think um i mean i'm setting myself up for success right there so uh i mean i'm just gonna keep putting a lot of hours in, into those two things and uh i think that'll pay off
0: do you feel like you've been able to take advantage of this time that you have had where you're not doing match play so you can focus on those things a bit more
1: yeah uh, i've changed out my serve motion a little bit um might be a little bit tough to notice on the eye but Mm -hmm. there's a couple of changes I made that are actually making it a lot easier for me to serve and and it's uh helping you know just my body too in general but uh um you know I think now too that that I can work with my coach I wasn't actually able to work with him for a little bit because of COVID Mm -hmm. and, and with USCA. but I mean we're we're really getting back to business so um yeah so I'd say yes I've been able to work on and make some changes that you know you probably wouldn't really see during the year or mm-hmm. when you're healthy playing a full tournament schedule
0: yeah all right well thanks so much for the time today Mackie uh I think that you know obviously everyone's hoping for the best for you especially as you everyone works their way back on a tour but you particularly coming off of the injury and uh hope to see good things it's a really a fun young generation with you and um you know Tommy and Tiafo and Fritz and Opelka. So, best of luck going forward, and thanks for the time.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Carson. Appreciate the call.